Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm producer Joshua Rowe, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. Rob has written dozens of books with titles like The Red Sea Rules, Then Sings My Soul, and Reclaiming the Lost Art of Biblical Meditation. Recently, Rob began a video teaching series entitled The 50 Final Events in World History, The Book of Revelation Demystified. You can use this self-paced video study for individual or group use. It includes downloadable visual aids for personal reference or for Bible teachers who want to teach this material to others. Visit robertjmorgan.com courses and use the coupon code podcast at checkout for a special listener's discount. And now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Today I would like to talk about the first Bible verse that I ever remember finding and memorizing on my own. It's Isaiah 41 and verse 10. It's not the first verse that I memorized. I'd already learned verses at church and at school. But one night when I was propped in bed reading the big black leather Bible my dad had given me, I found this verse. I liked it a lot and I memorized it without effort. I don't remember how old I was, but I think that Probably I was about 11 or 12. And the verse says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I'm not the only child who's memorized Isaiah 41.10. There was a little boy that I read about named Sam Harmon who was diagnosed with leukemia in the fall of 2015. He was eight. Someone shared this Bible verse with him and he memorized it and freely began sharing it with others. He called it his battle verse. And that verse, along with Sam's deep faith in God, sustained his spirit through his terminal illness. Today, his parents operate the Isaiah 4110 Foundation, giving out books of encouragement to other children who are battling life-threatening diseases. Well, Isaiah 41.10 is a great verse for children to learn, but it's a verse, of course, for all of us. A couple of years ago, when I was overcome with certain circumstances, I came across the biography of Marie Monson, a Norwegian missionary to China in the early 1900s. On one occasion, she booked a room on a ship along the Chinese coast. Shortly after departure, she heard gunfire, and she realized the vessel was being seized by pirates who were notorious and brutal. She was frightened at first, but she said, instantly, the word that came into my mind was Isaiah 41.10, a word I had so often needed in the province of Hunan. She said, I repeated it aloud in the way that I had so often done earlier. Fear thou not, Marie, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, Marie, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, Marie. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Well, that verse in the God who gave it to her sustained her courage during her nearly month-long captivity. It's a good idea to find verses and to put your names in it. Well, this is a series of podcasts about the hymn, How Firm a Foundation. This hymn has seven stanzas, and the third stanza is Isaiah 41.10. It says in poetic form in this hymn, 
Fear not, I am with thee, O be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. We are often guilty of taking verses out of their settings, but every promise of God is so much richer when we see it as it unfolds in the progressive teachings of its content. So if you have your Bible in hand, turn with me to Isaiah chapters 40 and 41. I want to show you the fuller setting for all of this. Isaiah was the most royal, most majestic, and most eloquent of all of the prophets. The first 36 chapters of Isaiah were written within the context of his times, the days of the Assyrian threat against Israel and against Judah. Isaiah lived about 700 years before Christ, in the days of King Hezekiah, when the Assyrian Empire was so strong and threatened the city of Jerusalem. But over 100 years later, a new empire, Babylon, invaded and destroyed not only Assyria, but the nation of Judah. This was long after Isaiah's day. Many of the Jewish people were slaughtered and the rest were marched into refugee camps in Babylon about 500 miles away. About 70 years after that, Persia became the world's greatest empire and replaced Babylon. The first great Persian king, Cyrus, issued a decree for the Jewish exiles to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple and reestablish their city. This story is told in the book of Ezra. Well, the decree of Cyrus to reestablish Jerusalem was issued in 538 B.C., over 150 years after the times of Isaiah. And yet, when you begin reading Isaiah 40, and you read from Isaiah 40 to Isaiah 66, the last great 27 chapters of this book, then you realize that Isaiah was speaking directly to the Jewish people who were alive at the time of Cyrus. And indeed, in these chapters, he mentions Cyrus by name, even though Isaiah lived and died over a hundred years before these events took place. These chapters are prophecy, but they are not normal prophecy. Normal prophecy tells us what is going to happen in the future. These chapters are spoken in the present tense as though Isaiah were actually there speaking to the exiles in real time. Imagine how they felt when they opened these chapters and realized it was as though Isaiah were there speaking to them about the current events they were facing at that moment. You know, the inspiration of the Bible is a literary miracle. But these chapters, Isaiah 40 through 66, is a miracle within a miracle. It is as though Isaiah was there with these refugees to give them immediate comfort and counsel and hope. And so with that in mind... Look at the way that chapter 40 begins. The Lord Almighty says to Isaiah, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her 
that her hard service has been completed and her sin has been paid for. In other words, in a message written before the Persian Empire and even before the Babylonian Empire, the prophet Isaiah said, in effect, Oh, Jerusalem and you Jews, you have been in captivity for 70 years, but now it's over. Be encouraged. Be comforted. And then look at verses 3 and 4. A voice of one crying, In the wilderness prepare a way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, and every hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, and the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let me paraphrase that for you. God is getting ready to enter into your situation. Just watch him. Make a highway back to Jerusalem. Make a highway into the future for you. It looks impossible, but God is going to do it for his glory. So roll out the red carpet for him. And what a word that is to us. You may feel that you're in the wilderness, but a voice is crying out there in the wilderness. Roll out the red carpet for the Lord. He is about to enter your situation and do something for his glory. And now let's skip down to verse 9. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid, and say to the towns of Judah, Here is your God. Behold your God. Here he is. Look at him. And this is the key to everything. This is the key to chapter 40 and to chapter 41. This is Isaiah's great message. Look, behold your God. Take a deep look and see how glorious and majestic and powerful he is. And he is here to help you and to restore you. That's the context, and it's a message for you and me. And there follows in Isaiah 40, one of the most visual pictures of the might and majesty of God that we have in all of the Bible. I don't have time on this episode to go through it. I wrote about it in my book, The Strength You Need, but I never tire of reading it. Isaiah 40 tells us about a God who measures the ocean in the hollows of his hand, who weighs the mountains on a scale, who regards the nations of the world as spare buckets or spare drops of water out of a bucket, and who stretches out the heavens like a canopy. And then this wonderful chapter, one of the most sublime in the Bible, ends. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting Lord is the God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait upon who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall soar on wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. 
they shall walk and not be faint. And with that, we move into chapter 41. Look at verse 2. Who has stirred up one from the east? Now remember chapter 40. Behold your God, how great he is. The nations are a drop in the bucket. He stretches out the heavens. He gives strength to the weary. And now, who has stirred up one from the east? Well, as these chapters unfold, it's clear the Lord is referring to Emperor Cyrus of Persia, who was over to the east of Babylon and of Judah, and who, as I said, issued a decree allowing the Jews to return to Judah and Jerusalem. It was God who raised him up, the same God who measures the heavens with a span, is the same God who stepped into human history and stirred up the spirit of this man and raised him up to issue this decree. And look at verse 4. Who has done and carried it through, calling forth generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, with the first of them and with the last of them, I am he. I have a copy of the New Living Translation, and my copy is the edition that was published in 1996. And in that edition, Isaiah 41 verse 4 says, Who has done such mighty deeds, directing the affairs of the human race as each new generation marches by? It is I, the Lord, the first and the last, I alone am He. Our Almighty God directs the affairs of the human race as each new generation marches by. He is ruling and overruling the tides of history, and aren't we glad about that today? He raised up a Persian emperor in the days of these exiles, and this emperor Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild Jerusalem, so that the Jewish people could get on with God's program of redemption, which would ultimately lead to the coming of the Messiah. He even is working at our tragedies to bring about his purposes for our good. And now, as we continue reading in Isaiah 41, we have a very personal, very tender word from the God of history to his beleaguered people who had felt the years of oppression and rejection and defeat. Look at verse 8. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its furthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And there we have the promise, Isaiah 41.10, in its fuller setting and context. I know there are times when we feel like the Jews in Babylon. We feel like failures, don't we? Sometimes we feel rejected and oppressed. We feel like the world is out of control and that we're getting the worst of it. 
But behold your God. Look at your God. Look at his power and his plan. He is going to come into your situation and do mighty things. He is on the verge of helping you for his glory. Roll out the red carpet for him. The glory of the Lord is about to be revealed in the wilderness. He will help you. He will strengthen you. He will uphold you. Why do you say, my way is forgotten by my God? My cause is disregarded by the Lord. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The creator, the gods of the ends of the earth, he is the one who presides over the nations and works all things for our good. So against that background, let's look at this verse itself. Isaiah 41.10. There are two commandments here. First, do not fear. Do not fear, for I am with thee. The Lord says this in the Bible again and again to us. Psalm 37 says, do not fret. Matthew 6 says, do not worry about your life. Philippians 4 says, do not be anxious about anything. Jesus said to the disciples, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. The writer of Psalm 56 says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I search through the Bible, finding all of the expressions and the reassurances in which we are told not to be afraid, not to be worried, I am ashamed of myself for my tendency to be anxious and to have panic. The Lord says here in Isaiah 41, so do not fear. And then he has a second commandment. He also adds, do not be dismayed. The Hebrew word that Isaiah used here has to do with the eyes. It's akin to the word gaze. It refers to that panicked look of shock that comes into our faces and into our eyes when we get afraid. According to Isaiah 41.10, we should never get that kind of expression on our eyes or on our faces. Of course, we do. We all become frightened and dismayed at times, like a deer whose eyes are in the headlights. But we don't need to stay that way, because this verse goes on, after those two commandments, to give us five divine layers of assistance. First, we have the presence of God beside us. He is with us. The verse says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Now remember, these exiles were in refugee communities far from home. But God was there with them. Now, God is infinite, so we can never begin to understand the immensity and the limitlessness of his attributes. But we know that he fills the heavens and the earth, and he transcends the heavens and the earth. He is always everywhere at once, and there is no place where he is not. He is present spatially, that is, in terms of space. But he is not present relationally with everyone. In other words, I can be walking down the street, praying and talking to God, and he is there with me, and I may pass someone who is an unbeliever. God is hovering around that person too. But that person has no relationship with him. That person doesn't experience his presence in a, in a, in a vital friendship through Jesus Christ. That person is like a totally blind man in a bright room. He is surrounded with light, but has no relationship with that light. The greatest thing about our salvation is that through Jesus Christ, 
we have a personal relationship with the God described in Isaiah 40, and he is with us, not only spatially, but relationally. And the Bible makes a big deal of this. Isaiah 33 says, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Joshua 1 says, Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. Isaiah 16 says, You fill me with joy in your presence. Psalm 23 says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Psalm, or rather Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. Matthew is quoting Isaiah, by the way. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. The Apostle Paul says, The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. James chapter 4 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Our outlook about everything is transformed when we begin reminding ourselves and cultivating the sense of the presence of God. Just look around you right now, wherever you are. God is inhabiting that space with you. He is there with you through his omnipresent person just as closely and consciously as Jesus Christ was with his disciples in the boat on Lake Galilee. Second, we have God's majesty around us. Do not be afraid because I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. And this harkens back once again to Isaiah 40. Behold your God. It isn't enough just to know that he is with us. We must also understand that the one who is with us is immortal and visible. God only wise, in light and accessible, hid from our eyes, most blessed, most glorious, the Ancient of Days, Almighty, victorious, whose great name we praise. Third, we have his strength within us. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Remember what we read earlier in chapter 40? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired and weary. No matter how much he does, he is never the least bit fatigued. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even young people grow tired and weary. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. God is available to give you the strength you need, strength sufficient for your days. Fourth, we have God's help toward us. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. What do you need help with today? Do you know there is so little that we can do by ourselves? But we can come to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help in time of need, in time of adversity, in time of brokenness, in times of challenge, in times of discouragement, 
in times of opportunity, in times like these, he is a very present help in trouble. And fifth, we have his hand beneath us. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Jenny Morris is a registered nurse who wrote a book of devotions for nurses. She said one day as she walked down the hall of a nursing home, she saw an older woman in a wheelchair in the hallway just ahead of her. And this woman was leaning forward and trying with all of her might to grasp the safety rail so that she could grab onto that rail and help propel herself forward. Jenny was afraid she was going to fall out of the chair as she leaned forward. So as Jenny passed by, she gave the wheelchair a gentle little push and the woman was able to grip the rail and do whatever task she had in mind. The patient had no idea that a helping hand had given her a gentle push. But that made Jenny think about how many times nurses use their hands to do things of which the patient is totally unaware. And this is especially true with Alzheimer's patients and for older people in nursing homes. The nurse's hands feed and bathe and arrange and tidy and massage and stroke and touch the patient, even though many times the patient may not be aware of it. Well, on the drive home that day, Jenny thought about all of the times when God's hands give us a gentle push, a nudge, some kind of assistance with a task too hard for us. His hands hold us tightly and keep us securely. So often we aren't even aware of it. How many times does God's hand intervene on our behalf and we don't even know it? As Jenny considered all of that, this verse came to her mind. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do, do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes, yes. I will help you, yes, yes. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So through the Lord Jesus Christ, you have God's presence beside you, His majesty around you, His strength within you, His help toward you, and His hand beneath you. And just like Maria Monson, you can put your name in that verse. You can memorize it for yourself and have it whenever you need it. Or you can learn it and sing it just as we find it in our great hymn. Fear not, I am with thee. O be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. Well, I'm much obliged to you for listening to this podcast. It was produced by Joshua Rowe and Clearly Media. Edited by Elijah Rowe. Music by Jeff Bennett. You can learn more about him at jeffbennettmusic.com. And for more information and resources, visit my website at robertjmorgan.com. And to subscribe to this weekly podcast, visit robertjmorgan.com slash podcast. And may God be with you until we meet again.